Hey y'all, hey. It has been a minute, but welcome back to Tay Talks. I'm Tay, and I like to talk. <laughs> We're just gonna get into this episode. This episode is honestly kind of interesting being the first one back. If you think about it, it's kind of a heavy topic. It is toxic independence. And what happens when you become hyperly or overly independent? Um, This is something that I struggled with for a really long time. I still struggle with to this day. Really difficult for me to ask for help and expect help, especially in the world we live in. It's every man for themselves sometimes. Or like, this is the mindset. This is why we're talking about this today. Because I think we all have the mindset of like, everybody is just in it for themselves. If they want to help you, they just want something. They don't really care about you. Da, 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 da. And that is a form of toxic independence. Like you have built a wall up around yourself thinking I can do bad all by myself. I don't need anybody else in this life. I don't need community. All I need is me, myself, and I. That's all I got in the end. That's what I found out. Or whatever Beyonce said. And we all have this mindset that we don't need anybody, but God did not put us on this earth alone. God didn't even put Adam on this earth by himself. He literally said like, it's not good for man to be alone and created Eve out of his own rib. Child, I'm getting into this already. I'm, I'm preaching already for no reason. I want to kind of break the ice because I know it's been a minute since we talked to each other. <laughs> And I'm gonna start with a game. Moving forward, the format of my podcast will be game, highs and lows, the topic, the meat of the podcast. And then I want to start leaving you guys with a challenge. Like, I don't want you to sit here and listen to 35, 45 minutes of me talking. And it just kind of feels like I have no action plan. I want us all to leave this session, whatever session, Feeling like, okay, there's a game plan here. I know what I can do, what my first step is to stop being toxically independent. Let's move on with that game. So I found a game that was actually very fitting through BuzzFeed. It's called, what percentage fiercely independent are you? (laughs) I think we find, we act like independence is like a prize. I ain't gonna lie, like, I'll be doing it too, like, I like being a strong independent black woman that don't need no man, but I got a man, but I don't need him, no. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not about to keep preaching to y'all, because otherwise we're not going to do the the cute, funsy things of this podcast, you know what I mean? The first question of what percentage fiercely independent are you is, do you have a job? The answer choices are yes. No, but I will have one someday, hopefully. No, and I never will. Pause. If you out here and you ain't got no job, you ain't trying to get no job, and you just at home broke at your mama's house, not applying for nothing, not doing nothing, babes, get it together. Figure it out. Talk to the Lord, because there's no way, bro. There's absolutely positively no way. You're just like, I ain't gonna have no job. My mama gonna take care of me. No. Get on your Zoom and, and get to working. Get to working. I personally, I have a job, personally. So I can click yes on this, this question. The second question is, are you a woman who has a job? Are you a woman who has a job? The option choices are, I am a woman with a job. I'm a woman without a job. I'm not a woman, but I do have a job. I'm not a woman, but I and I don't have a job. I don't know if you can tell by the sound of my voice or the of my nails, but I'm a woman. And since I have a job, I can say I'm a woman with a job. Uh, do you have any opinions? Yes, I have many. I have few opinions. I don't really have opinions, CBH. We all have opinions. If you select, I don't really have opinions, CBH, you're lying. And I'm gonna select, yes, I have many. Have you ever done something without asking your father's permission? Yes, of course. There was that one time, it was wild, never. I don't talk to my daddy, so 
I do everything without my daddy's permission. So, yes, of course. If your mother told you to wear pink to an occasion, would you? Yes, I always follow the instructions of my dearest mother. Aw. I mean, if I liked the pink thing, sure. I would make a point to not wear the pink thing. I think at that point, you're just being rebellious. <laughs> so I'm going with, I mean, if I like the pink thing, sure. Do you walk places by yourself? All the time, most of the time, some of the time, never. What a frightful prospect. Um, most of the time I walk with myself. If I'm in the hood, I'm a little, I'm a little more weary. I might clutch my pearls, but for the most part, I'm walking by myself. Do you always wear trousers? Always, never, or always, never, and sometimes. I guess it's asking, like, there's some women out there that, like, never wear skirts or dresses, and they only wear pants. Maybe that's what they're asking, but I'm going to go with sometimes, because sometimes I'll be wearing pants, sometimes I'll be wanting to be girly and wear a skirt. Oh, I thought it was about to give me my results already. Nope. It says, pick a fierce, independent woman. There is four images. Um, there's a black woman with a weight. A two white women in flannel. Um, one is holding up like L's, like you know, in the what is it in the cup with my twin? We be vibing. That's what her hands look like. Um, and then there's another girl that looks like she's like rock on. And then the final woman is a woman with a like sword, maybe a katana or something. I don't know. I don't know my swords. I feel like I'm a workout girly, so I'm going to pick the lady with the weight. If someone says something rude to you, what would you do? Fight them, tell them not to say rude things to me, pretend I didn't hear it. Um, I like to say, like, don't make me fight you, or, like, pretending to square up, but I don't be fighting for real. If somebody really says something rude to me, I'm going to be like, hey, watch your tone, because <laughs> I don't want you to get hurt around here. So tell them not to say rude things to me. Have you ever ridden a horse? Yes, all fiercely independent women have ridden a horse. No, but I quite like to. Horse riding's for cowboys, not a delicate flower such as myself. <laughs> I kinda wanna pick that one just to be ironic, but I literally just rode a horse in Mexico. Where was I at in Mexico? Yo no sé. I think I was in, was I in Cabo? No, Puerto Vallarta, that's where I was. But anyway, yes, all fiercely independent women have ridden a horse. Ugh. Pick a fiercely independent dog. I'm done. There's an image of a dog walking himself. There is an image of a dog in a robe with a martini next to it, chilling, vibing. And then there's a golden retriever vibing in a field somewhere. And then there is a picture of a dog on a human body with a blonde wig. I'm going with the golden retriever just chilling in the field. I would just chill in the field if it wasn't dangerous. Have you dated someone without finding out first if your parents approved? Yes, because I'm fiercely independent. No. I hate that they added because I'm fiercely independent, but it's like, I'm grown. <laughs> My mama don't care. So yes, because I'm fiercely independent. <laughs> when you go to a restaurant, do you choose what to eat? Yes, I know what I like to eat because I'm strong and empowered, usually, but sometimes I can't make up my mind and ask someone else's opinion. I never order for myself. Okay. I thought it meant like going to the restaurant, so I was leaning towards usually, but sometimes I can't make up my mind. I still lean towards that because there's sometimes where I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I want. There's sometimes where I'm like, that's it. I'm not looking at anything else. And there's sometimes where I'm like, mm, do I want a cheeseburger or do I want chicken tendies? Which one do you choose? You know, so I'm going to say usually, but sometimes I can't make up my mind. Have you ever like put up a shelf or something? Well, if you were inside my home, you would see that I have six shelves on the wall next to where I'm recording. So actually <laughs> several times I've put up shelves several times. Um, but the options are, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like once or twice. And no, I would never be able to figure it out. And I would probably die if I tried. <laughs> so I'm going to go with yeah, all the time. Uh, has anyone ever called you fiercely independent? Yes, because I'm fiercely independent. No, but they called me something very similar to that. No, because I'm not fiercely independent. I guess middle, like no, but they called me something very close to that. Like I, 
I've never had somebody be like, oh my gosh, girl, you're so independent. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? I've never had anybody tell me that. I just jokingly be like, I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. You know what I mean? But I don't mean that for real, for real. Like, I don't need a man. Let's, let's be clear. I don't need a man. But I got one, and I like him sometimes when he act right. <laughs> So I'm going to say no, but they've called me something very similar to that. Oh, here's my result. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? I got 80%. You are fiercely independent. You do all kinds of things that fiercely independent people do. Like going outside and living life and deciding what to wear and eat and maybe even having a job. Good for you. (laughs) You probably get it all the time. (laughs) Well, that was just a fun, giggly way to start the podcast. <laughs> Obviously, high-key a joke, but funny nonetheless. Or fun nonetheless. So, can't really be but funny nonetheless, because it was funny. Period. Anyway, going into my highs and lows. First high I have on my list is on Monday this week, me and my boyfriend carved pumpkins together i've never carved a pumpkin before i will say i was very irritated carving that pumpkin i was i was on the edge of my hormones because Aunt Flo was coming around and nobody told me it was that hard to carve a pumpkin like why did nobody tell me that it was that hard to cover carve a pumpkin but i did it it's sitting on my counter i broke the stem i'm about to go get some nail glue and glue the stem back on there but she there, and I need to buy a little pumpkin to go inside it and a little electronic candle because that's what the Pinterest thing was. And she way, my next high is last weekend I went to my first Hindu slash American wedding combo. So one of my coworkers, she had a three-day-long wedding. Child. When I tell you, if I was tired, I know she was tired. But it was so cool, like, getting to see, like, a whole nother culture and getting to see, like, you know, what a Hindu wedding looks like, all the ceremonies that go with that, um, how beautiful all of her, like, dresses were. Her henna was so beautiful. Everything about her wedding was gorgeous. It made me think to myself, like, I need to start planning my dream wedding, like, now. I don't know when I'm getting married. But I need to start planning it now if I wanted to even come close to what she did over those two days. Um, But speaking of henna, I also got henna for the first time. It was the coolest experience. It lasted quite a while. I still have, like, a few markings from it. But, like, it was so cool getting it for the first time. And it was, like, a cute little tattoo moment. I said, gasp. Do I want this really tattooed on my body? And then I was like, no, you can't put a bumper sticker on a Corvette. Or apparently Kim Kardashian said a Bentley. But for so long, I've said you can't put a bumper sticker on a Corvette. Anyway, let's get to the lows. Um, This week, um, probably because of Aunt Flo, but just in general, like, I've had a lot of emotional struggle. Like, struggling with guilt, struggling with shame, struggling with anxiety, struggling with insecurity. Um, just a lot of mental battle this week. And it just kind of felt like I was floating through life and just moving through life. Um, so I'm really happy to be doing this podcast today because it kind of gives me something else to be doing. Um, just besides the mundane and besides like continuing to go through those cycles, just laying in bed, feeling anxious and insecure and questioning my place in life. So I'm happy to be doing this today. Um, my second low was I had to work from home all last week, which was low-key a high. <laughs> um, it was a low because, like, I knew that there was people at home that were sick. Um, and because our office is so small, like, we had to basically go into quarantine mode. So we weren't all sick and no work was getting done. <laughs> so that's what we did. We all stayed home, um, vibe from home. Um... It was also a low because my dog was like, so mom, you want to play with me? And so she would like step on my computer and I'm like, girl, move. And I felt bad because I wanted to love my baby. But I'm like, girl, I have a job. 
How do you think we afford this place? How do you think you get to eat? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a low. And my last low was I had to have some a few tough conversations this week. Or not this week, like kind of last week. Uh, it just felt like I was consistently having tough conversations. And I just was feeling drained. And I guess this kind of goes into the first point or like um, the first point, the first low I was talking about, like just feeling super drained. I was feeling drained emotionally. So I was struggling emotionally. Like, and outside of that guilt, shame, anxiety, and insecurity, I was struggling with feeling just like I had no room to feel. Like I had poured myself all the way down to empty and I had nothing left because I was pouring into these conversations and sometimes I still feel like I'm pouring into people, but I'm not receiving any, like, anything back. I'm not being poured back into. So it's like, I feel like I'm constantly living life on empty because I have just been drained of all my resources to try to lift somebody else up or lift other people up, you know? Um, but those are my highs and my lows. So let's move on to the meat. Let's move on to the juice. Nah, me. <laughs> Toxic independence. We've already started uh, kind of preaching into it, diving into it, and just talking about what happens when you become overly independent. What does it look like to be overly independent? Um, like I said, this is something that I've dealt with for a really long time, like feeling like I cannot depend on anybody else. I can't ask anybody else for anything because if I want it done, and I want it done right, I need to do it myself. I have picked up some things along the way on how to like recognize that you are toxically independent and not only how to recognize it, but like how to heal from it. So I have some points on how you became overly independent, what causes those mindsets, and how you heal from toxic independence. So let's dive right in. The first point I have on my list, when you're overly independent, you trust your own understanding and not God or your trusted circle. This kind of goes into that same mindset of like, I don't need anyone else. I can do everything by myself. Like, I can figure it out on my own. Like, for example, me struggling with feeling emotionally drained. I am feeling that way because I'm not turning to people. Like, my, like I'm in a connect group with my church. I you know, have a group chat with my friends. Um, I have a boyfriend. I have family and other friends, like, that I should be able to turn to and um, ask for advice and ask them to help me figure it out. Or my therapist, like, stuff like that. Like, I should be able to turn to them and ask them to help me out. But, you know, in my back of my head, I'm like, okay, I don't want to burden them. I'll just figure it out on my on my own. I figured it out by myself before. I can do it again. Um, there's no sense in worrying other people. Like, I can do this. And I just end up fighting through things longer than I needed to. When I could have, even sometimes not turning to God, I could have just turned around and turned to God and said, Lord, help me. God, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with lust again. I, I can't do this. God, I'm, I'm struggling with, with loving people again, I, I can't do this. Like, God, um, I'm struggling with doing well at this job. This job just feels like it's not right for me. I'm not doing anything right. I don't feel like I'm fitting in, in the culture. I'm not fitting in with the people. Like, I'm not doing good. Instead of just turning to God, I just trust my own understanding. But, like, she's just a hater. She don't She don't like me. It's okay. It's, it's all going to work out. I'm going to figure it out. Da, 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 da. And then placing God's name in the stuff. But he's like, girl, you ain't even talked to me about, like, God gonna handle it. God gonna work it out. And God's like, God, God gonna work what out? You ain't even gave God nothing. What, you, what God gonna work out, girl? <laughs> and, of course, God knows what we need. But, like, you know, like, when you're overly independent, you will say things and make yourself believe things <laughs> that just aren't true. They just aren't the case. Because you... You're leaning on your own understanding and you can't, how do I say that? I guess that's the point. Like you're overly independent and you're trusting your own understanding. Like 
as humans, we're very limited with the knowledge we have. So if you're leaning on your own understanding, there is so much knowledge that you are missing because you are leaning on what you know and what you know alone and not what your friend may know that has lived a little more life than you or what um, your family may know or what God may know or what your pastor may know because you're leaning on your understand your own understanding and you are trying to convince yourself that you can do bad all by yourself and you can figure it out on your own when you it, that's not always the case um when you are overly independent you are not able to find peace in your relationships because you feel like you can't trust anybody again you have this mindset of like it's me myself and i you know like, me, myself, and I, that's all I got in the end. That's what I found out. And there ain't no need to cry. You out here singing that to yourself, and you're like, now you feel lonely, now you feel depressed, now you feel like nobody loves you, nobody cares about you. All because you were overly independent and you couldn't trust anybody in your life. And you couldn't find anybody trustworthy in your life. Because the people that you are talking to and you're associating with, you know that you wouldn't trust them with anything. So now you don't have any trustworthy friends in your life. You have people that use you, abuse you, and kick you to the curb. And now in your head, it feels like they're just proving your point. Oh, nobody's real nowadays. Nobody really cares about you nowadays. Nobody wants to, um, nobody's looking out for anybody but themselves, da 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 No, babes, you chose people like that because you are toxically independent and you don't want to let go of that. You believe that you can do bad all by yourself. You can figure it out all by yourself. You can do it all on your own. So you're choosing people that you know aren't trustworthy so you can't trust anybody else. So you can't give it to anybody else because you know the people that you've put in your circle weren't trustworthy to begin with. I'm just saying. <laughs> And when you are overly independent, you also don't go or don't do unless you're in control. So that's why, you know, things like girls trips, they just kind of fall apart. <laughs> because there's always that one person that has always been overly independent and planned the whole trip out, has everything A, B, C, D. At 9 a.m. we doing this. At 10 a.m. we doing this. At 11 a.m. we doing this. And they got it planned out by the hour. They want to be in control of everything, but not realizing that they have multiple personalities and multiple people that they have to work with. And they're not realizing that when you are overly independent, your vision is narrow. And it's narrow in the fact where you see you and only you and what you want to do and where you want to go. And not what the group wants to do and what like the people around you want to do. What's best for everyone around you and everyone that you care about. So now that I've gone into all this, I know that you're sitting here and you're asking yourself, okay, so you're telling me like what happens when I'm overly independent, but like how how do we even get here in the first place? Like I realize I'm overly independent. You're calling me out, Tay. So how did I even get here? How, how did we get here? Because you said you was overly independent too. You said you dealt with toxic independence too. How did we get here? <laughs> toxic independence is a trauma response that stems from negative experiences from previous relationships. So a pillar uh, in your life or like a parent in your life was absent. Whether they be absent physically or absent-minded, they were absent. So... You had to take care of yourself. There was there was no one else there to take care of you. If you didn't feed yourself, if you didn't find a meal, if you didn't go get a job and pay for clothes and play, pay for textbooks and pay for your notebooks and your backpacks and all of that stuff, you would not have it because you had somebody that was absent or absent-minded in your life. Or you had a parent that was passive that basically made you a parent at a young age hello older siblings can we can we get real for a minute like we were placed in a parental role at a young age we were expected to take care of our younger siblings for me at the age of nine i'm having to make sure my little brother is getting ready for school getting on the bus getting to the bus get to his class getting breakfast i'm i'm playing a motherly role in my brother's life at the age of nine years old and my whole um, high school career was me playing a mother figure to a preteen 
that didn't know who he was and didn't know what he what he wanted in life and was still trying to figure himself out. And now he's traumatized because I had to become a parent at a young age and I had to become independent and figure out what are we going to eat? How are we getting to school? How are we getting notebooks? How are we getting textbooks? How do I keep him from not going down the bad path? How do I keep him from being brokenhearted the way I was brokenhearted? How do I keep him from getting bullied the way I was getting bullied? How, how do I provide for him when it is not my job to provide? When you have a passive parent, now you have to think like an active parent. And you have to step into this parental role that you were never meant to take on in the first place. And that also can go for if you had a child at a young age, you had to grow up really fast. So now, because you had to grow up so fast, again, now you're growing up with your child. And you have to try to figure out all those things I said. How are they going to eat? What are they going to wear? What are they... How are they going to get their school supplies, their backpacks, and all of that stuff? And you think now you're thinking about both of y'all. You're, you're a teenager trying to take care of a child, an um, uh, elementary student. Now you got to try to remember your elementary school stuff to um, teach your child when you're just a child yourself. So now you have to become toxically independent and do it all by yourself because, of course, as a teenager, that, that boyfriend didn't stay around. Oh, that's not my baby. That's not my baby. That's not my baby. Now you're, now you're a single parent that is also a child trying to learn on their own so you had to grow up fast and become toxically independent if it does if I don't do it it won't get done and in a lot of cases you feel like everything is depending on you whether you succeed or fail I know for me I felt like that like the whole time I was in school I was like I have to do well I have to do well. I have to do well. I'm the first one in my family to go to college. I have to succeed. I can't fail. I can't go home. If I go home, I have failed. If I go home, people that are looking up to me, the generation after me, like my little brother, or at the time I was serving um, in youth ministry back home. So I still have people that follow me on Instagram that like were impacted by my servant leadership in middle school and high school. So in my head, I'm like, if I give up, if I fail, if I be out in these streets, if I'm out drinking, I'm out doing this, I'm out doing that. If I fail, if I fall, there's people that are looking at me and looking back at me as an inspiration. And if I fall, that's it. In their head, they're like, if she can't do it, what makes me think that I can? Now I put this weight on my shoulder, and because I put this weight on my shoulder, I've created even further toxic independence where I'm not going out and I'm not asking like uh, for help. Again, paying for textbooks. I had three jobs in college. Like, for what? I could have asked, although my mom was struggling at home, I could have asked. I could have asked my grandma. I could have asked my aunts. I could have, you know rope for scholarships, I could have, you know, whatever. But instead, I'm working three jobs to make sure that I make it through school and to make sure I can make my car payment and to make sure, like, little stuff like that was taken care of because I felt like the world depended on me. My family depended on me to succeed and to do the best that I could because if I didn't do well, they couldn't do well. If I didn't have money... What if my mom didn't have money and I have and I don't have anything to send home and I don't I don't have anything to make sure that um, they're staying afloat. So now I've created this toxic independence that is stemmed from somebody else's need and not the need of myself all the time. So now I'm independent because of who I need to pour into. And we don't think we don't always think of that as a bad thing. We think like. That's just how I grew up. I grew up like, you can't be selfish. You have to provide for who you can provide for. Be giving, be generous, and all of these things. But again, going back to like one of my lows, feeling like you're constantly pouring out and you're constantly giving and giving and giving and no one's pouring back to you because your independence has built a wall where there's no one that can pour into you. The wall is too tall. Like somebody can't reach over that wall to pour into you. Somebody can't even look you in your eye because you have built this wall 
that has convinced you that you don't need people or people are the enemy. People are just blocks in your road. They're just in your way. And that's not the truth. Um, another way that you can become toxically independent or overly independent is being isolated in school or work environments because you might be a little different or you think a little differently. So, like, I know in middle school especially, I was a little different. I, I grew up in Southern California, two hours from Tijuana, like, from the border. So it's like, you didn't see a lot of little chocolate drops. And <laughs> if you did see black children, they usually were like, their families were like, gang affiliated and stuff like that. Like, it was really rare to see, like, just your normal, average black family. So I felt different, often, especially in middle school, because I went to a preparatorial academy. So, like, it was clear I was different. Because especially, like, in um, communities with people of color, we don't think that we're smart enough to achieve great things. So going to somewhere like a preparatorial academy didn't feel like it was feasible. So my world felt really small and I felt alone a lot of times. I like would get bullied, I, I'll never forget. I will never forget, I'm traumatized. This is gonna sound so stupid and I should be traumatized over something so dumb. But it happened. I'm freaking traumatized. Seventh grade. I think it was seventh grade. This is when shuffling became big, right? So me, a little black girl, trying to fit in with the kids at school, I was trying to learn how to shuffle. So I said, look, guys, I learned how to shuffle. So I did what I thought was shuffling. <laughs> And they were like, that's not shuffling. And just made me feel so terrible because I didn't know how to shuffle. And like, just were like making fun of me and stuff like that. And I never shuffled again. Never shuffled again. Not even in my adult life have I shuffled. And if I'm shuffling, it's a joke. It is a joke. I am not shuffling for me. So like, I was traumatized. I felt different. And again, that like built this wall where it was like, you know what? I'm better on my own. I'm better by myself. I'm a shuffle in my bedroom. Okay. Like, but you know, again, poured into that toxic independence and convinced me that I was better off alone. But again, it caused me to build up these walls where at that point, it's like, I'm just starting the wall. So it was low enough where if somebody had caught me in that time and decided to befriend me, and build up my walls, or not build up my walls, build me up, maybe I wouldn't have such tall walls today. Um, which I'm working on breaking down, okay? Somebody should be able to pour a little, little something in there, a little drop that get on their tippy toes. But, you know, I'm just starting to build the wall in middle school, and if somebody would have came in and said, like, hey, you don't have to build that wall, like, you don't, you don't know how to shuffle, but I can teach you. You know, like, little things like that, I wouldn't have became, there's a lot of things that fed into my toxic independence, personally. <laughs> but you know, like little things like that would have allowed me to learn how to let go of that toxic independence a lot sooner. And to be willing to ask for help. And to be willing to reach out to people when I don't know and I don't understand. So now we know how we became toxically independent, but what mindsets has like becoming overly independent created um so some of the mindsets i've already mentioned some of these mindsets but i want to do it myself or not at all so for example my ikea dresser yep i'll, I'll use that as a as a example my ikea dresser i had at that time when i bought that dresser i had friends I had finally made some Dallas friends and we were hanging out and a lot of them would come to my house and stuff like that. So instead of being like, hey, pals, do you want to come over and um, help me build this Ikea dresser? I said, no, 
I can do this by myself. Why would I ask them? Why would I make them come all the way over here? And I can do it by myself. I don't need nobody else to help me build no dresser. It's just a dresser. I'm not stupid. And besides, if somebody else comes over here to help me, what if they uh, put screw it on wrong? What if what if they do this? What if they break it because then they're not going to buy it? They're not going to help me pay for another one? Like, da-da-da-da-da. I want to do it myself or not at all. Another, It causes more mindsets like I can't. I can't trust anyone but me, myself, and I. Again, there go that Beyonce song. Me, myself, and I, that's all I got in the end. And I don't know why she was singing that song. Because I'm pretty sure when that song came out, Destiny's Shot was still a thing. So, yeah, I'd be mad too if I was Kelly and Michelle. Uh, yeah, Destiny's Shot would be no more after that. Because how are you going to say, me, myself, and I, that's all I got in the end. That's all I found out. That's what I found out. When I'm standing right here. Again, toxic independence causes you to build these walls. Now people can't pour into you. Now people can't love on you because you didn't build these walls because you singing Beyonce. I knew y'all was up at that Renaissance concert. I saw the stories. I saw y'all at the Renaissance concert. I seen you. I you singing Beyonce with the with with your walls up. You just you push the brick out so you can see Beyonce through the hole. But other than that, you got a you got a wall up against you. You got a wall, you got four walls around you. Looking silly, looking like you at war. You toxic independence will make you believe that you are at war with somebody, and ain't nobody worried about being at war with you. <laughs> and maybe that's a little blunt. Maybe that's that sounds mean, but that's true. Like toxic independence will cause you to build walls of protection that are unnecessary. You are fighting a lonely war. You are fighting a lonely battle. There is nobody on that battlefield but you because you have created a toxic, independent mindset of me, myself, and I. So you out here with a breastplate and a shield and you done built up a whole fortress of solitude to block people out because you're toxic independence. Because of the way other people have hurt you. Now you feel like you had to build up a wall against people that are just trying to help you, that are just trying to love you, that are just trying to pour into you. You you built up a wall against God. He's just trying to heal you. He's just trying to love you. He's just trying to see you. He's just trying to help you know that you don't have to be alone, that he put other people on this planet for you to have community. But you are fighting a war all your own, all by yourself. Ain't nobody else there. Not even a horse. And if a tree is alone in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? If you are alone in a war with a wall all around you and nobody can pour into you, will you cry for help? No. Because you got this me, myself, and I mindset. You got the Beyonce mindset. <sighs> Child. Toxic independence also causes a mindset of, if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. Again, this pours in, that, come, that goes into, I want to do it myself or not at all. That's why you have... One-man marketing teams. I'm in marketing, so I see all the marketing memes all the time. That's why you have one-man marketing teams. Because they think they can do it all themselves. For example, at um, an agency that I worked at at some point, um, I'm pretty sure they've been dismantled, but that's none of my business. I'm not on a payroll anymore. But my boyfriend was, actually. And he was telling me, like, this girl keeps writing copy on her own. That don't make no sense. When I'm literally sitting right here as a copywriter and she could literally just give me the stuff to write and I could write it for her. But I'm sure that in her mind, she was thinking to herself, if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. Instead of, hey, can you help me with this? I just need your help with this. And being willing to say, hey, like, you did an awesome job, but I need this, that, and the third. 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that in her head, she was thinking, if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. She was playing account manager. She was playing graphic designer. She was playing uh, team lead. She was playing every role that she could play that is supposed to be a team effort. Each team had a group of six people on that team. And she was trying to play every role. She was trying to play role of graphic designer, media buyer, copywriter, um, videographer, project manager. Every, every position that she could play, she was trying to play them positions. Now she's developing a wall that eventually, because it was built on unstable foundation, will fall. And I think the common theme here is we are building these walls up. And we continue to build these walls up. But eventually, they will fall. Because they are on, built on unstable foundation. They are built on something that cannot be sustained. They are built on a mindset that will not take us far. They're built on a shaky mindset. Because as soon as you fail, as soon as you fall, that wall will fall with you. And now you feel exposed and vulnerable and like somebody, anybody can swoop in and destroy you, the little bit of you that's left because you built this fortitude on shaky foundation, on mud even. Toxic independence also causes mindsets like no one's going to be there for me the way I am for them, so I'll become my own community. Again, we wasn't put on this earth alone. God, when he created Adam and Eve, the Bible literally says, it is not good for man to be alone. God literally said, I would rather him be missing a, I would rather him miss a rib than miss the opportunity for community and become so toxically independent that at some point he feels like he doesn't need me. And you want to know where Eve fell? When she was alone. Eve had developed some sort of independence. Now, I don't know, these Bible times, I don't know if they was toxic just yet, but that she was hiding from the Lord, okay? <laughs> she was hiding from the Lord. But because Eve was alone and she had built some sort of independence, she allowed any voice to speak to her. But I will say, God said that it's not good for man to be alone. And when man or woman was alone, the world fell. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, that's, that's the Bible. It's not me. So outside of community, you will fall. Toxic independence can also cause mindsets like self-love is the only love I need, girl. <laughs> if self-love was the only love you needed, again, God wouldn't have made Adam a partner. Even when Cain and Abel were born, it was Cain and Abel. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, just about every story you hear, there's a partnership. Just like, Jesus had 12 disciples. Jesus literally had a community of 12 people. God, Jesus was literally God. If anybody could be overly independent, it could be the God of the universe, a.k.a. my man Jesus. And he said, no, I need community. I need community so I'm not toxically independent and I'm just, I'm not performing miracles, healing all on my own. And I'm not going and making disciples of the nation because I couldn't make disciples in this nation. I, I couldn't build community. And if I can't build community, how can I disciple? Even Jesus knew that self-love wasn't the only love you needed. Now, self-love important? Yes. Like, you need to love yourself before you can love anyone else. Like, you do still need to take time in the secret place. There are times where you need to be alone and you need to take care of who you are. Like, there's times where I need to pull away and take care of Tay. Like, I can't. Be the best version of me if I'm not taking care of me. But if you believe that that's all you need, you're going to continue to be toxically independent and you'll never be able to allow community into your life. So now that I've given you all of these mindsets, I know you're thinking, okay, I've established I'm toxically independent. 
I established how I became toxically independent. You know, you you rethinking your trauma. You didn't traumatize me again, Taylor. How do I heal from this toxic independence? Well, the first thing I got on the list is go to therapy. There's so many of y'all that are not in therapy. Y'all are just freeballing life. I don't know how you're doing that. But again, if you don't believe you need community, of course you're just freeballing life because you don't feel like you need anybody. You don't, you don't think you need help. I'm not going to no therapist. She's just going to sit up here and tell me I'm crazy. He's just going to sit up here and tell me I'm crazy. And whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. And they're going to tell me everything that's wrong with me. And it's not going to fix me. they just going to make me feel bad about myself. And da 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 That's not what therapy is. And if your therapist is like that, get a new therapist. <laughs> if your therapist is telling you everything you're doing wrong but not giving you solutions, baby, girl, time to move on. Go get another therapist. You need to go to therapy because that's the first step in breaking that toxic independence. Because in therapy, they should be able to break down like we all need people at some point in our lives. But they should also be able to help you to learn how to pick the right people. Trust the right people. Live with the right people. Commune with the right people. So first step to healing is going to therapy. The second step of healing is, say it with me, building community. <laughs> We've talked about community this entire episode. This episode, is, it might have been called Build a Community, Stop Being Toxic. Like, <laughs> because you need a community. Toxic independence is built on isolation. And if you continue to isolate yourself, you will continue to be toxically independent and you will have trouble loving people and finding people that love you. Build community and build relationships that last. Build relationships that if you hit them up, you text them at midnight. If they up, they texting you back. If you need prayer, they're praying for you. You just need a shoulder to cry on, they calling you back. You know, letting you release that. So you need to build a community. You need to build a community so when you are afraid to restart your podcast two, three years later, you have community that are coming behind you saying, like, you have a voice that matters. And whether it's 43 people listening or 4,300 people listening, like, you can and will make an impact. The third thing that... You need to do to heal from toxic independence is admitting that you can't do everything alone or on your own and ask help ask for help when you need it that's actually the challenge for this week I'm jump a little ahead of myself your challenge for this week is i challenge you to find three areas in your life that you may be weak in and with those three areas Find three friends that you can reach out to that can help you, teach you, and guide you in those areas. So you can grow and grow out of this toxic independence. Um, another way to heal from toxic independence is to reevaluate your relationships. See what relationships that you are currently in that you're constantly pouring into but you're not being poured onto. So avoid codependent relationships where people can't seem to do anything or be anything without you. That's why sometimes oldest siblings, this, this one's for you, is you got to move out of your hometown. You got to move out of your home state. Because you have friends and family that are codependent. And they are dependent on you and you alone to do anything. Like you are their only brain cell. You cannot live your life like you are somebody's only brain cell. Because, again, it fosters that um, feeling of toxic independence and feeling like you need to be independent all the time. Reevaluate those relationships. See who's, who's getting poured into but is not pouring out. And my final point on how to heal from toxic independence is build relationships with people that will check in on you regularly. It don't have to be on the daily. It don't have to be on the weekly um, it could be on a monthly, monthly basis, quarterly basis, but find people that check in on you. And if you are somebody that needs like, no, I need somebody that is checking on me daily. That's holding me accountable. Like join connect groups or like a 
I know some churches call it like a B group, a belong group. Some people call it Bible study, whatever they call it. Like join those communities and those groups where people are willing to check in with you regularly and walk life out with you. Or like this goes back to my first point too. Like you can go to group therapy. Like there are people out there that want community just as bad as you want it or need it. So build relationships with people that will check in on you regularly, however regularly you need that to be. So again, your challenge for this week is to find three areas that you may be weak in and find three friends that can help you, teach you, guide you, and you can reach out to in those areas. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I enjoyed making it. Did I stutter a little bit? Yeah, but this is my first episode back in two years. And even that episode from two years ago was not it. She was not that girl. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you guys continue to come back and listen week after week. My socials are um, Instagram. You can find me at Angel Taylor Denise. Or you, you can follow the podcast at Tay Talks Pod. TikTok is at Angel Taylor Denise. I probably will use it for both the podcasts and just life. Um, you can follow me on Lemon 8. If you haven't heard of Lemon 8, I like it because it's like a mixture of Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest. And there's no ads. So follow me on Lemon 8 at Angel Taylor Denise. Um, I think I have a Facebook page for the podcast at Tay Talks Pod. Maybe I'll start that up again. Who knows? But um, just make sure to follow me on all those places so you never miss an update on a podcast or miss an update on me. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope that you have an awesome week. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.